Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. All right, Vince, why don't you kick it off? Good evening, everybody. I'd like to thank you for coming back. We have a guest this week. Ooh, a guest. Uh, our first guest. <laughs> Her name is Carrie. She knows a little bit about Bitcoin and may possibly have a couple questions. So, hi, Carrie. Hi, hi guys. And of course, we're also here with Darren and Libby, who will make sure this whole thing sounds great. Darren had an idea about what to talk about today. Oh, did I? Yeah, you did. Okay, well, I was chatting with someone earlier who mentioned that, you know, they don't really see a need for Bitcoin or they're happy with the status quo where it's at. It doesn't really <laughs> impact their lives in any way. That's a lot of people. And I think that's true for most people. Yeah. I wanted to share a couple of my personal experiences, why I don't really like the status quo as much as some people might like it. Oh, I think I know you, Darren, and I know exactly where you're going with this. You, you do? Yeah, I do. I, I guess the status quo means that, you know, I have a bank account and I got a debit card, and for all intents and purposes, that works very well in cases where I want to move money around or purchase something or get a bank loan. My experience has been a little bit more disappointing maybe than the average person, uh, partly because I have a business that does business in US dollars, although my business is in Canada. Isn't this more of the banks you're mad at? I don't know how hard it is to move money, deal with money, having to go and answer to people for money. I guess what I'm saying is that when you got Bitcoin, you don't have to worry about it. It's easy. Oh, I have a U.S. credit card. I use U.S. dollars to pay off the credit card. I can't write a check because they won't take a U.S. dollar check. So what I resort to doing is either getting a bank draft, which I pay $7.50 for each draft, and wait in line at the bank for, on average, 15 minutes to 20 minutes each time I want to do that. 10 minutes of that time is spent at the teller's desk getting the U.S. dollar bank draft. It would seem to be a simple process. It never is. Sometimes, you know, when I get a little upset about it, I will actually just take out U.S. dollars in cash and then walk across to the bank across the street and then pay off my U.S. dollar credit card. As long as you don't take too much in cash because they don't let you take out too much. Ah, uh-huh, see? I uh, get it. Tell them what happened that one time with that one note that was counterfeit. Back. Took out a couple thousand dollars U.S. <laughs> out of... A bank, I won't say. Oh, we don't get to name the banks. No. Nope. Literally, right across the street is the bank where I have to take it. So I took out U.S. dollars, walked across to the other bank. By the way, you know, this was a 40-minute excursion. Going into one bank, taking out 3000 U.S., going over to the other bank, across the street, and putting $3,000 on a U.S. credit card. It took 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. The bank teller told me that one of the $100 bills I had was counterfeit. Didn't the bank across the street just give it to you? Yes. <laughs> and you may not know this, but if you have cash in your pocket and you take it into a bank and they determine that some of the bills or any of the bills are counterfeit. You'll never get any of them back. You eat that loss. Yeah. You know, unless you can find whoever gave it to you and somehow get them to take it back and exchange it, it is your loss. It just so happened that I ran across to the bank where I got the money from, and because I was a good client there, they took it back. If I was a Joe Schmo off the street, they literally would not take the cash back that they just gave me a half an hour ago. Oh yeah, but you're a good client, so you pay the bank a lot of money and they give you a perk. That's awesome. Well, it's a small town. The hustle's incredible. You hustle. know, I could literally send Bitcoin, if I had the opportunity to send Bitcoin to pay off a U.S. visa, I could do it 
at my desk or at a laptop or on my cell phone and do it in 30 seconds. Yet 40 minutes out of my day at a specific location, I have to go. Another story is there was one time I took 10,000 out. It just so happened that they had $10,000 in US cash, which they usually don't. And I decided, well, instead of paying $7.50 every week or two, which adds up, I thought, well, you know, I'll just do cash. And then I took it to the other bank to put on their credit card, a different bank, because I have two credit cards in US dollars. That bank would not take the $10,000 cash. I had to go back to the bank where I got it from, get a written hand note from the teller signed by the bank manager saying that this is where the $10,000 I have came from. And only then would they accept the cash at the second bank. What really is the issue is when you start dealing in large amounts of cash, you are assumed to be up to an illegal activity. Yes. And unless you can prove where the cash came from, the bank won't take it. I had the same thing happen to me with the same two banks, right? What happened to you? Well, remember when we were closing on our house? Right. And there were a couple of dates that were mixed up. came to you, and I needed to borrow a little bit of money for 24 you hours. You You came to me. <laughs> it, it took me like an hour and a half because I went into the bank with, let's say, 10 grand cash. And they wanted to know where it came from, what I was doing with it. But regulation, what are you going to do? You, but why not, do they care? Well, you could be print money in your basement, it could be drug money. Like, But why do they care? It's cash. <laughs> they care because there's increased scrutiny by all government security agencies into determining sources of funds. And when you're paying in cash, it's not like they money. can't tell where the money came from as opposed to transferring between accounts. It's different. You got you got you're more accountable for it, right? It's not like you know the early '80s and you're Miami and you got drug money floating in suitcases. You got You can't walk into the bank with cash anymore and drive and deposit it. It's very very difficult. Check. You can have a check for whatever you want as long as it clears. They're fine with that. But. Basically, when you're talking about significant amounts of money nowadays, they need to know where it comes from all the time. They are up in your business, and I don't like it. That's my point. Mm-hmm. That's why I like Bitcoin. I can send money to anyone I want to. It doesn't take me 40 minutes to stand up in a bank and wait for a teller to serve me. And and by the way, they're getting rid of more tellers. Banks are very profitable. They've decided that they don't really need to employ so many tellers. They'd rather make you wait half an hour in line on average because you're not going to go anywhere else anyways. Are we really going to have a physical bank to walk into soon? Well, I can't get a bank draft online. Yeah. All of my business I do at the bank, I do there because I have to. I don't have an option. For business, now, banks are extremely unfriendly. And they put up so many roadblocks, it's it's unbelievable. So cash is the least preferable method of Banks payment. hate cash. Large amounts of cash. Banks do not like cash. They want to know where all the funds are coming from and where they're all going. If it's electronic money, they love it. As long as it's not Bitcoin or crypto. And I think that right now I'm paying $26 a month for four business accounts because I have Canadian and U.S. business accounts in two different banks. That's a hundred and some odd dollars a month. I looked at my account the other day and they had charged me $10 service charge. So I'm like yeah. walking in I'm like, what'd you charge me $10 service charge for? And I'm like, oh, you used your bank card more than oh, six times so and you only... I'm like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you must be something better. So she goes, okay, go to this one. 
and I'll rub out the ten dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. But well, that's why I have my special bank account. We're not naming banks, but they don't charge for checks, you know, monthly service yeah. fees. But they have an issue too, though, don't they? Like. Not my main bank. That's the only issue. I have to transfer money into it. If you want to withdraw cash, though, you have to go to their cash machine, don't you? Can you go to any? Yeah. Hmm. But who doesn't love no banking fees? Free check. Do any checks? Right? Yeah, no, I don't, but I can imagine. Free checks. So everything's free. Do you use e transfers like three mil? I I don't have checkbook. How do they get paid? I don't know. Is you have to be a teacher to get that account? No, no. It's not teacher specific. No, no, no. No special uh, privileges. Yeah, they'll uh, they'll give free checks to anybody. Can you walk in and take out ten grand? Uh, no. Why? Well, I think their daily maximums are quite low. We had all that money sitting in that fucking account. account. We couldn't. They wouldn't let us take it out. Yeah. When the chips are down and you really need it, yeah. that's when all of a sudden and we did. We learned a lesson. Yeah, we were sweating. I'm like, oh my god, I need ten gram tomorrow. Just, just for twenty four hours, when a bank wouldn't release it until the morning. I'm like, what? Yeah. We're lucky though. Cool. We know people. Yeah, it's good to know people. If you got the cash, you got the cash. That's my point. The fact that all of a sudden you're under scrutiny or looked at like you're a criminal or treated that way. I mean, I just hate that. I just can't bear it. I guess we haven't really had that experience. It's Mine's unusual because yeah, it's, it's a business. my yes. life. But, you know, every week I spend at least 40 minutes in the bank. Sure, and all the tellers <laughs> are happy and, you know, we get along great and it's not they their fault. Lovely. But, you know, it's so archaic. When I go to pay my U.S. visa, they write in pen on a slip of paper and then send it to the head office in Toronto. Like, they can't even do it on computer. It's like I'm in the like 70s it. all of a sudden. It's just, it's crazy. And I find when I go in to get a US draft, there seems to be a high turnover of staff. Every time I go, no one seems to know how to do it. It's always a new member of staff. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So I'm literally there with a toddler slash octopus. <laughs> yeah. And every time they do it wrong, or they do it and they have to call in the manager or yeah. call in someone. Tell them to move over and you can do it. I say, this is what I want done. And you have to do this, this, this. Take this from this account and this. And, and they're like, no, that's not how you do it. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> it is how you do it. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. You're right. And then another incident happened a couple months ago. You know, we checked the balance online. And for some reason, yeah. it was out of credit. We should have had about ten or 15000 of credit on it. All of a sudden, oh, there's no money left on your credit card. And I run advertising on the credit card. So all of a sudden my ad shut off and my business basically shut down. Looked into it. You know, Libby found out that the, one of the bank drafts that we used to pay the credit card was rejected. So then we went to the bank that issued the bank draft. And they're like, oh, oh yeah, we had a bad batch of drafts. <laughs> It's so weird. <laughs> it sounds like a restaurant with a soup. bizarre <laughs> It cost me five grand in business. But then the bank sent the draft to our old business address. Yeah, they mailed it to the wrong address. A bank draft for ten grand to the wrong address. An incredible incompetence. Hey, I, I, I have real problems with <laughs> banks. If the world was run on Bitcoin, so much less pain dealing with that whole structure of 
finance with the artificial walls they put up. For what reason? Sure, increased security. So I need to pay an installment of hockey this month, and then yeah. I've got a swim meet I have to pay for, and then I, there's a milk cart at school that I, I owe money. And actually, you know what schools do now? It's called cash online. Instead of writing the checks, which yeah. is why I got the special bank account, so that I could get free checks. You have oh. no idea what that is worth when you have three children in school who you just writing checks constantly. So right. in the beginning of September, I can be writing 20 checks a kid. Here's your milk card. Here's your gym uniform. Yeah. Here's your student fees. Here's your football. Like, honestly, I don't even know. Each check is a dollar. So finally, special bank account, free checks. It's my special bank account because <laughs> it's my bank account. It is yep. your bank account. For writing checks. Yep. But now, schools do cash online. It's called cash online. Mm -hmm. So now That's I can smart. do... Anything I want online for the kids for school, I just log in. It shows get each kid. Pay with credit card. Absolutely. Yeah, but as soon as you introduce credit card, you got a lot of people doing things they can't afford. Yeah, and you've got to pay for your. I guess if kids. milk's gonna put you out. Yeah, then. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You've got bigger problems than your kid's milk card. Maybe. Well, all you do now is you transfer money, right, from your account. Why can't you just transfer money from your? Bitcoin account to what they're looking for. It's just a matter of moving figures. Except they don't accept that. Sure, but once it's accepted, it'll be easy. Yeah, this is a waiting game, I right. guess. Yes. Both buyer and seller are kind of waiting for Bitcoin to become more popular and accepted form of payment. Sure, all we're it's doing is really shuffling it. money around online sometimes. Well, yeah. sure, we've mentioned, you know, adoption rate at what, 1%? Yeah, under 1%. What did they say? It needs to hit at least three or four before this is even really a conversation. And so if the adoption rate goes up a little bit on Bitcoin and the teacher union gets wind of it, and they want to buy into it, boom. <laughs> well, I think it'll be a while. Like, I'm just teachers are very conservative. Well, yeah. Teachers are buying into a lot of crazy things, though. I think within no, five I years it'll be Gary, everywhere. And I don't, I, I, I don't think that those two things will ever be associated. Oh. oh, okay, people. Um, we have a negative I, Nelly here. Yeah. My debut. You yourself talk about the reputation. No, I don't think I... that you're going to find, say, the Catholic District School Board <laughs> Union jumping on Why? board. Oh, sure Why? they will. Why? It's not, it's not anti-Catholic. Money's no, money. I think. Yeah. Well, they just email you out a, th a 3D code. Boom. Put your phone up to it, bam, send it. All you're adapting to is a different form of currency. Coining. People aren't ready for that. Oh, they are. People that don't ever see cash. I see very little cash. Well, the biggest adoption rate that they're predicting is in Africa. Africa has a really high population of what is termed the unbankable. Yep. They don't have enough money to really interest the banks in a letting them open an account. It's not worth it for the banks. Three quarters of the world's population is considered unbankable. 1.5 billion people are considered bankable. That's the population that have or have the money to actually own bank accounts. The rest don't. There is a huge adoption rate happening in Africa. Oh, there's a company kind of like Coinbase, only they're going into Africa and they predict that they're going to have 200 million members signing up, basically an exchange where they can buy Bitcoin, like Coinbase. To give you an idea of the size, Coinbase, which is the big US exchange, currently has 3 million members. They're expecting by 2020 for Africa to essentially 
become a massive part of the Bitcoin market. And to some degree, you can already see it, right? Because they all use their, their phones and are sending virtual money. Like, I don't know, whatever they use right now, if it's not Bitcoin. But Well, they're paying 10%, especially the ones with the sending remittance. And they've been around the block, a lot of them, right? So you got Zimbabwe, whose currency is inflated away to nothing. People learn these lessons. They want to hold on to something that retains its value. And with some countries like Venezuela, Zimbabwe, you know, Argentina in the past... $10 in your hand was worth three times as much a year before. And all of a sudden, it's not worth a lot. Price of bread triples on you. In some African countries, that's a real concern. Stephen Fun. Hawking died. Oh, that's right. Yes, he did. That's sad. Wait, we should say a shout out to Stephen Hawking. Who's from your neck of the woods? Neck of the woods. <laughs> A lot of valuable contributions yeah. to the world. Yeah. He, he was a huge contribution, a brilliant mind, a physicist, a cosmologist. A wonderful father, by the sounds of Yeah, good. three kids. He was diagnosed with ALS at 21, and he just passed away at 76, which is an extraordinary feat. Extraordinary mm-hmm. life, known for his incredible brain, his sense of humor, his compassion, and his humility. And, Big uh, Bang Theory. He was on Big Bang Theory. What do you think his thoughts were on Bitcoin? Hmm. He loved it. He loved it. Oh, for sure. He was certainly very forward-thinking, uh, and so I imagine Bitcoin would be right up his alley. It's very it, sad. Easy to send. Cheers, Stephen Hawking. Yeah. We got Rob Ford. Doug Ford. Doug. I was going to say, is uh, it Rob? What is Rob doing? <laughs> he wasn't really there. He's back. Oh, dear. That's a political comeback. Doug, I like him. You like the underdog. Well, you can talk about Doug Ford. You like the controversial candidate. Okay, so why do you like Doug Ford? Uh, I've already told you why I like Doug Ford. You're not telling me, you're telling the audience. Okay, people. Who is Doug Ford for people who aren't from around here? Wow. They might know Rob, though, because he was famous even in the UK. <laughs> My mum was asking about Rob. Well, Doug Ford, is the, <laughs> Doug Ford is the older brother of the late Rob Ford, who I believe almost everybody around the world got to know Robbie. So who was Rob Ford? Well, he was a politician in Toronto. Rob Ford was a very outspoken politician. Now, I'll give you an example of Rob Ford. This. Oh, no. Rob Ford <laughs> was accused of cheating on his wife and when a reporter got a hold of him asked him a question about cheating and Rob's Ford comment back to her was I don't cheat I get enough to eat at home yeah that probably is oh god I, I, I don't know what but better way to lay out Rob Ford <laughs> but I also I also like Rob Ford and he did an Doug awful lot for Toronto god. but Doug I like Doug he First off, he wants to get rid of the monopolies. He doesn't like a monopoly. So therefore, he doesn't want the LCBO to have the cannabis. What is, what's the LCBO? Uh, the Liquor Control Board of Ontario. I'm sorry, but I assume everybody. Um, he doesn't want the Liquor <laughs> Control Board of Ontario. So the Ontario government have basically stepped in and say they're going to control the legalization and the distribution of cannabis within Ontario. The OCB? Oh! If you get a chance, people, go and Google the OCB and check out the new logo. $650,000. Oh, it's got nothing. It's a circle? It's a circle. And it says OCB inside of it. Oh, but, my God. So every other province, I believe, in Canada, when they do legalize it, gets to open it up to free market. So if you wanted to open up a little shop... You following the laws, of course, and sell marijuana, you could. If you wanted to create a monopoly where when 
the Ontario government, they control the price. They control supply. They control demand. Probably going to be making us show ID when we want to purchase this product as well. I, I like what Doug has to say. Just been elected the leader of the Conservative mm-hmm. Party yes, in yes. Ontario. Just yep. this week. Yeah. Because the previous leader stepped down through sexual misconduct charges. Patrick Brown? Uh, No, I believe that wasn't proven. No, I I don't think it was ever proven. I think Patrick Brown just decided that he couldn't possibly win after that. No, but you know, the LCBO is more of the same shit, right? Oh! You know, oh, you can't buy alcohol unless you buy it through the government. It's supposed to be a capitalist society, and here we are, you can't even buy alcohol. I mean, well, now you can buy it on weekends, which you couldn't 10 years ago. Like, it's just so behind the times. I was okay with not being able to buy things on Sunday. I actually was, too. You really feel that nobody should be able to buy things on Sundays? I'm not saying I want to go back. Oh, I'm no, saying... you, you, you were okay with this, too. I, no, I like being able to go on Sunday. I, I like access 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We all do when we think about it. But just remember that time. I don't remember it lovingly. I remember it was just a pain in the ass. I was a teenager, and I remember thinking, eh. Remember, banks used to be like nine to four, and they didn't have weekend banking. Like, Quite recently. I've added evenings, a couple. I think nobody who works in Canada, nobody will be able to get to the bank. Well, it's true. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to get to the bank. Well, we'd like to thank you for coming out tonight, folks. And thank you, Carrie, for coming on and sharing your insights with us. I'm not sure I shared a whole lot other than my special bank account. account. (laughs) How special is it? It's not that special. Yeah, I know. (laughs) May the coins forever fall in your favor. There you go. That's our ending. Thanks, everybody. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.